Okay, so uh, welcome to the fourth episode of techph.org. And for this episode, I have Patrice Adela, who will help me talk about uh, VR and uh, VR for good. All right. So, hi, my name is Patrice Adela. I'm a fresh grad from the Sal College of St. Benilde, majoring in game design and development. I graduated last year. Right now, I am working as a game designer for Tactile Studios, which is a gamification company in BGC. Um, I have been broadening my horizons and now also working on gamified apps and tools for learning. So let me tell you a little bit about um, our project, which is the Yellow Boat Reimagined. So this game is a platformer adventure VR game. And you play as a little kid who lives in a far-flung community in the Philippines. You start the game by waking up in a bahay kubo. And you set out on a journey to school and go through a series of challenging levels. Um, the levels and the premise of the game were inspired by true stories wherein Filipino children have lack of access to transportation and experience poverty. So their schools are way too far from where they live and they have no choice but to walk long distances and go through so much hardship every day just to achieve an education. And yeah, we decided to go with VR because we really admire this technology. And with VR, you can experiment so much and invent something not only um, for full immersion, but also to share a strong message and give people an extraordinary experience. So we went with this because we wanted to put um, people who are, quote, privileged and make them experience what other people experience in these rural communities. So we kind of want to wake them up and tell them that something like this is going on and you should be aware of it. Yeah. So Patrice, um, can you take us through the, the journey uh, once you're already in the game, like the, the mechanics, uh, how it feels like, the, the aspects of the game that you find very enjoyable for, for people who'd like to try the game? Okay. So in the Yellow Boat Reimagine, you get to experience... Um, a few challenges. So you walk a very long distance. Um, you swim through bodies of water. You climb hills. And you pass through a dilapidated bridge. All these experiences were inspired by actual situations in several provinces. Like in Zamboanga, in Davao, Bicol, and more rural areas. Actually, to kind of have a more detailed idea on what these real-life experiences are. You can check out documentaries online to learn more about this. But what struck me the most is a documentary from Eyewitness called Tulay. So to get to the school, the children of the Matigsalub tribe have to walk for around two hours from the mountain. They have to traverse deep streams and cross a decade-old bridge that is already falling apart. So it's either that or they cross the bridge I mean, so it's either that or they cross the ravaging Davao River. So that one is actually the main challenge in our game. So we made it fun and very challenging. Because what really happened before to these children is that they have to cross this bridge that 
has very rusty cables. So they have to hold on very tight to those cables and then carefully balance themselves until they reach the end. So that's my favorite part and what our players hate the most in our game because it's very hard. <laughs> so after the game, they tell us, Grabe, ang hirap naman, napagod ako. And then they realize how hard could it be to actually do that in real life and especially children doing it just so that they can avoid crossing the ravaging river. So I just wanted to kind of connect this with what Yellow Boat of Hope Foundation does. So this organization donates the school boats to these communities so that the students and teachers will not have to swim across bodies of water anymore. So aside from that, they also raise funds to provide school supplies and infrastructure. So after you finish the last challenge in the game, wherein you cross that dilapidated bridge, so you reach your school. Sorry, this is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> I'm just realizing that now. But no, you, okay. reach the, <laughs> you reach um, the last area in the game and then you see, actually you wake up from a, from kind of a dream, but it's actually mm-hmm. telling you the time before when children were going through that dilapidated bridge and swimming. And then you go to the present moment and then you see the yellow school boats going to the shore. And it says, um, Bagong Pag-asa, which is what they put in the yellow school boats in Yellow Boat of Hope Foundation. So, yeah, we really just like that moment of like showing people that this is actually something that is being done by volunteers here in the Philippines and it's something that we can support. So yeah, it's yeah. a very inspiring uh, narrative and I think it's a it's a good experience for everyone to even in a VR uh, scenario it's good for other people to see uh, in the eyes of the children who are from marginalized communities not only marginalized communities but also in rural areas that are really are that are very challenged in terms of infrastructure and uh, mm-hmm. that they would have to go through all that just to go to school and it's a good eye opener as well um, i don't think it's a spoiler because uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's very inspirational that at least if, if they have to go through it they know that at the end it, it it's going to be very mm-hmm. inspiring um, uh, fruits of their labor and thank you for sharing that uh, patrice I just like to share that um, we had players as young as three to four years old. Mm-hmm. So it was actually quite surprising for us. We didn't expect that it would be playable for um, little kids. Of course, because the VR mechanic is more complicated compared to the PC mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. But I found that the younger children were actually more patient with it. And it's really nice because even though they probably don't fully understand the situation in the game, seeing them play the game and patiently go through the simulated world of an impoverished community or a rural community and hearing about this little girl's story in the game, I am really hopeful that they pick up something from it and remember it, that these children in the rural communities are very different from what we see every day. Most of the children nowadays are taking education for granted. Meanwhile, these children, even though it's very hard for them, they really work hard and they're very grateful that 
they have the opportunity to learn and rise from poverty. So that's really something that we want to share with our players and hopefully they find it very striking. When it comes to developing or promoting social awareness and empathy, putting oneself in someone's shoes is always the best way to shift someone's perspective. Virtual reality is the perfect tool for us because it allows the environment and the experience to feel as real as the non-game world. So what we're doing is we're visually separating the player from the real world and putting them in the place of a child whose norm is to go through so much peril every day just to have what people like us can have very easily. So we really think it's a very effective way to like put someone in a situation that they're not familiar with. Actually, yeah. whenever we have an, ex- uh, an exhibit during our events, people coming from different backgrounds and age groups get to play the game. So most of the time, they'd express how physically taxing it is to go through the areas. At the same time, they're able to realize how hard it must be to actually experience on a daily basis. So we really make use of lots of narrative and um, challenges that would make them like ponder on that yeah because i think uh it's it's totally different if you're just watching a film or like a like an advertisement on tv about Mm -hmm. the experiences of other people that you may not be able to relate to and it's totally different if you're experiencing it in a game because uh in a vr game um in a vr experience because uh you get to see everything um and it's it's very immersive because I think VR, personally VR, uh, in my experience, with my limited experience of VR, uh, it's very immersive. You can really see yourself um, in that situation. Yeah. And I think uh, that's the value in using VR as a tool for social good. I think it also, it's also mm-hmm. very important to mention yung mga persons who were involved in ah. uh, developing your... Sorry, let me say this again. It's also good to mention the names or the people who were involved mm-hmm. in the development of uh, Yellow Boat. Our team is called Salt Vault. Um, we are nine in the team. So that would be me. Um, and then for our programmers, we have Anton Arcega, Shalina Magarso, Josh Villena, um, Nathaniel Gonzalez. Um, with the design team, that would be me and David Pacheco. For the art team, it's Christine Ong, Trixie Ilanan, and Cyrus Twico. Your objective is to, to be a game producer. Yeah, that has always been my role because as we were doing Capstone, it was really game production that I enjoyed the most. With game design, of course, together with it. So, as I was saying earlier, for example, as you graduate college, you think, I want to be a game designer, I want to be a game producer, or a really, really good programmer. But of course, you have to consider that there are people who are already, um, who were already there before you. So, most of us actually start in a QA position. I'm not saying that it's... Um, the lower position, right? I'm just saying that it's a good start for you to learn, especially to learn more about the company that you're in. When I started with Tactile Studios, I didn't start as a game designer. I started as a digital marketing intern and a copywriter afterwards. So um, just because you didn't get the 
you didn't instantly get the position that you wanted. It doesn't mean that you're going to stay there forever. You really have to learn and be open for other opportunities. I actually found it very interesting doing marketing because it's also something that I was able to apply to my own projects. So there are lots of things to learn about and things that you can apply to everything that you do. Yeah, and I think there's really value in being well-rounded in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. For you to experience different aspects of game development, you know, not just the actual development of the game, but maybe the marketing marketing side as well, mm-hmm. a little bit of the design side. Uh, um, how would you describe the the job market for game uh, game developers here in the Philippines? I wouldn't say I know so much about it, but um, in my experience and from the stories that I hear from my friends who started out as game developers and such, no, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't very easy to end up in a company that you dream of or in a company that you really want to be at. Um, lots of fresh grads tend to be picky and feeling like um, yeah, you they can say whatever. Yeah. yeah, you can say. You can say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried now. I, I might be a little controversial because you know other industry practitioners or industry professionals are kind of sensitive about the matter. So I know, but I know, but they know that it's true. You know, they know that it's true. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the reality of it, to be honest. You don't always end up where you want. There are a couple of things that you find in a company that you don't like. So for me, for example, um, to be honest, I'm not really that flexible. I actually like the company that I'm with because I've been with them for so long. So the thought of moving to or like, yeah, moving on to another company is kind of daunting because it will be, aside from it being a new environment or being a new company culture, um, we tend to be picky with projects that we work on. So in CSB, we always work on games, right? But yeah. when you go to another company, there will be different projects that you'll be working on. It's not always games. So it could be um, an app that's not really, how do I say this? Um, an app that could not be games. You know, it could be another client work that maybe you're not interested in, but it's something that you should work on because it's very open to be, it's very good to be open with your options because you'll always learn something from something new that you're not familiar with. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, So I really find it very interesting for uh, how, how you can balance your, your aspirations with being practical. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, do you set a do you set a target for yourself that uh, in do you have a timeline, for example, or do you mm-hmm. do side projects so that at least you don't forget uh, you don't forget your game developer side that this is what uh, you, this is what you want to accomplish by by this time because uh, I think a lot of I think the hesitation comes from being too accustomed to the to the to the situation that uh, some people just you know forget that they wanted to become this person 
kasi they, they've been developing apps, they've been developing other things, web pages and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pero what they really wanted is to uh, develop games or, you know, for, for other people, like applications that would have a social impact. Pero since uh, day in, day out, their job entails something uh, something that's less inspiring, they get to mm-hmm. forget that. So how do you, well, the question now, um, the question that I want to ask you is, how do you balance your, your passion with uh, your practical side? Um, well, so I talked about my current work, right? I'm a game designer for a gamification company. So there is always um, gamification apps that we work on. So I really like that. However, um, the business is not entirely games. So yeah, I do work on other things. That's why it's very important for us to have side projects or um, take advantage and cooperate in or take part in events in the industry. So like um, Game Jam, every year we have that in CSB and in different locations in the country and around the world as well. So you get to create a game with your team, something different, something that you've never thought of. of. And we also have different exhibits that wherein you can showcase games that you worked on in the past or new games that you've been working on. There are also lots of opportunities to create side projects, especially if your work is not really, you know, if you have lots of time, you can always work on side projects by yourself or with a team. That's why every time I talk with my friends and they share with me that they're not really enjoying work because I'm not really working on games anymore and I want to go back to games, but I can find a company that will employ me. I always tell them, what do you think about working on a side project with me? Um, it really kind of wakes up your passion and it really reminds you of what you want to do what kind of games do you want to make and it will really make you happy and who knows maybe someday you'll be able to um, publish your game um, create an income from it and you can always do that i think there's no reason naman to um, worry that you'll always end up where you are there's always a way for you to go back to what your passion is This podcast is powered by RecruitDay.com. RecruitDay.com is a jobs platform that lets you find the perfect job or help others find theirs through referrals.